thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's the most exciting day, Baptism Sunday yeah. for me. It is like what we are all about as a church. We're all about helping people find and follow Jesus. And these guys have connected with Alpha through lockdown. So they've done it online wow. when we pioneered that. Some wow. of them have done it in person. It's so exciting. And today it's all about celebrating life and Great. celebrating the value of who Jesus sees us as as well. Right. And we're going to hear some stories yeah. as well. So do you want to introduce yeah, those Yeah, so we've got mate? a couple of stories that we would love you to hear. Uh, these stories are for the second service. Service, but we would love you to hear them because they're guys and girls who serve on our team Great. and so we've got two girls that we want you to to hear their story of and that's uh, Katie Hipkiss and Sarah Wise so why don't you turn your eyes to the screen and listen to their stories and give them a round of applause as Great. well. So I've always been around Christian environments and church and I've grown up in a Christian family um, but I'd say the first time that I really encountered God was when I was in high school and I remember praying that God would help me to find like the right friendship group um, and that was something that I was struggling with at that time. Um, and I've just always remembered really distinctively like God guiding me through that and helping me. Fast forward to 2020 with the pandemic, I was in my last year of college um, and I loved college so much and I feel like that was somewhere that I really felt comfortable and it really helped me to grow in my confidence. Um, and when I had to leave because of the pandemic, I really struggled and I felt quite lost with what I was doing in life and where I was um, and with my relationship with God as well. Throughout Covid I really struggled with fear um, and it was something that I'd always sort of find myself praying about and, and needing help with. I really feel like God has given me a lot of peace throughout that and it's still something I struggle with but nowhere near as much. Um, and that's 100% because of, of how he's helped me through that. I decided after college to postpone going to uni and take a year out. Um, and I found myself doing a quip, which really helped me to deepen my faith and grow my relationship with God. So I really want to get baptised today because I know that God has always been by my side and guiding me. I grew up in church from like a really young age, growing with my family and stuff. Um, and just over the years, we sort of stopped going. And then about three years ago, I did RS in school. So sort of learning about faith and Christianity, um, which brought back a lot of memories. Um, so yeah, I just started going again to church because it was around Christmas time. And after going for like a few months and stuff, one of my friends invited me back here to Life Central where I grew up in this church. Um, and yeah, that's when I decided to start a relationship with God for myself and just take faith seriously. Um, and that was the biggest transformation that happened in my life and I just started really living with purpose and sort of living for something bigger than myself. Um, following God and living for God has been the best decision that I've made. So the reason I want to get baptised today is to just continue to live in what God has for me um, and declare that publicly.
So, so good and so exciting to be here this morning with you guys. If you're a guest amongst us, I just want to welcome you this morning and you have joined us on the best Sunday that you could join us on. Today is all about celebrating life. You know, as Christians, we believe that when we encounter God, he reveals our true worth and our true value and he makes us new. And that is what I want to talk to you about today a little bit, knowing your worth. You see, Everything has a worth, doesn't it? I mean, the whole entire world is one giant supermarket now. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Um, I was out playing golf with somebody yesterday, and they said to me, I feel like I'm addicted to Amazon, like I have to buy something every week. Like, I need this sticker. And I was like, mate, you really don't need that. But that's kind of where we're at now. Everything has a price tag attached to it, and we love that, don't we? And so here's some weird things that I found on the internet that I kind of just thought I'd share with you about value is a bit crazy really so here's a picture of the world's most expensive watch 55 million dollars anybody want to put that on and walk around town with that I don't think so <laughs> somebody also paid 3.1 million dollars for a piece of blue fin tuna clearly they have never heard of John West and that is the world's most expensive tuna mayo sandwich I like to go to Greg's person and get mine for 198 meal deal there we go, top tip. Uh, if you're into bargains and parking, please do not move to New York City. Manhattan has one of the highest parking uh, costs ever. One million dollars for one parking space in Manhattan. You don't get the house with that, you don't get anything else, just a parking spot. Isn't that incredible? And somebody here, here's something mad in today's society. You know, there's so many roadworks going on and roads being built and changes going on. Somebody paid four million dollars for an old atlas. Are they mad? Like, literally, that's not going to tell you how to get through town anymore. They need to get their phone out and use Google Maps, these guys. Um, talking about mobile phones, uh, I had to upgrade my phone recently. Uh, it was a sad moment in my life. Uh, I was due my upgrade, and then the week before my upgrade happened, I broke my phone. I mean, I totally smashed it. It was, it was a heartbreaking moment for me. And so I contacted my mobile phone company and said, hey, can any chance I can swap my phone? And they said, yeah, no problem, sir. We'll do you a deal. And I hate it when they say they'll do you a deal because you know what that means. It means it comes with a price tag. So £105 later, and I got myself a new mobile phone, and I was all very happy. But this person upgraded their mobile phone in uh, 2016 to an iPhone 6, and here it is. It's a diamond-encrusted gold, $48.5 million. Imagine breaking the screen on that and taking it down to Lee in the market. I'm not sure he would know what to do with that. It's a bit mad, that, isn't it, really? Uh, this is, if you, if you like a bit of Lego, you got any Lego fans in the house today? Nobody? Okay, well, this is going to bomb, isn't it? But if you worked for Lego, right, and if you worked for them for over 30 years, they gift you with a golden Lego brick. And here it is. It's the size of a normal brick, and it's worth $14,500. It's not bad, is it, really, for a little 30-year bonus? Here's the weirdest thing I kind of found, though, on the internet. Because it's coming into winter, we all like to keep our hands warm with some gloves. Somebody bought one glove, just one, on the internet. There it is, diamond-encrusted, beautiful as it is. And as you can probably tell, it was worn by the late Michael Jackson. $420,000 for that. But here's the thing, you see, value is about what people will pay for something. And ultimately, it's about what people believe something is worth. And so I thought I'd work out how much... I'm worth. You see, if Jack Grealish is worth £100 million, Adam Whitley is clearly going to be worth a lot more. 
Sadly not. Sorry, Bridget, which is my wife over there. Sorry, kids, I'm not worth 100 million pounds. According to the Office of National Statistics, the average UK human being is worth 176,000 pounds. It's not a lot of money, really, is it, when you consider it? But I did some further research into the internet, and I went deep, and I mean deep into the internet, and I'm probably going to have some questionable internet searches over the last few weeks. Might get, even get a knock on the door from Interpol. I want to know how much it how much I truly was worth. So I, I worked out how much my liver was, my heart was, all the organs, and all the chemicals in my body. If I sold and harvested all my organs, all my chemicals and liquids in my body, and if I could literally sell that and stay alive, I'd be worth $45 million. It's not bad, is it? I think, you know, it's not a bad start. But then I was doing some further research, and according to The Guardian, the average dead human being is worth $550,000. And again, that's, that blew my mind, because we're worth more dead than we are alive to people. But here's the thing. Today, I want you to know that you are priceless. And, you know, that word is really associated with art. And... Uh, a few years ago, a lost Leonardo da Vinci uh, painting was found, it was discovered, it was restored, and it was sold in a private auction and bought by a private uh, purchaser for $475 million. It was purchased by the Saudi Arabian royal family, the same family who bought Newcastle United for £300 million. And see, they value a football club, a stadium, and all its staff less than this piece of art. And I thought, how could that actually be? How can we do that? And here's the thing. I wanted to know what makes something priceless. You see, pieces of art are known as priceless. And in other words, you cannot put an estimate or a value upon them. I, I actually thought priceless meant they were cheap. It's a bit, I was like, oh, priceless, priceless. I quite like that idea. But according to the Oxford English Dictionary, priceless is something so precious that their value cannot be determined. And you know, when I did some research into what makes paintings uh, priceless, it's often down to a couple of things. First of all, it's down to the fact of who has created them. Who is the creator? You see, the creator sees something that others can't see, and they create only what they can envisage. Uh, picture this this scene for a moment. Uh, a few weeks ago, my lovely son Huckleberry came up to me and said, oh, Daddy, uh, look at this, I've drawn this for you. And I went, Wow, that's an amazing skyscraper. No, Daddy, it's a, it's a forest. Forest, well done, Hook. It's brilliant. You see, he, only he could envisage what it was, and it was precious to him. And you know, when we talk about these sorts of things, we're talking about who the creator is and what they envisage in creating. Art, you see, is subjective because it's not just about monetary value, but it's about emotional value and physical value. You see, someone has put their time and their effort, they've poured their heart and their emotions into that piece of art. And that is why art becomes priceless. It becomes priceless because somebody wants something so unique that they have to pay through the nose for it. But what has that got to do with you and me today? I haven't got you here for some crazy kids' art auction, unless you do want to purchase one of Huckleberry's originals. Please come and see me after the service, and I'm sure I can do you a good deal on some of his artwork. But that isn't why I've got you here today. You see, we as Christians believe that God sees you and me as priceless, as something so precious that we cannot be valued in human or monetary terms. 
the Bible, which is the book that God gave us as his guide, tells us these things. In the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, there's a, there's a book called Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 6, it says this, you were God's expensive purchase. You were God's expensive purchase. It then goes on to say this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, if you take nothing away from today, nothing else that I've said, please hear this and take this away. You are priceless. God sees you as so precious and valuable that nothing else compares, that he would give up everything for you. Even if you were the last person here on earth today, he would see you as priceless, as the most precious and valuable thing in his grasp. God sees you like this. And I know that sometimes that's tough to take. A few weeks ago, Leon and Alison spoke brilliantly about mental health. And sometimes when someone tells you you're priceless and you're perfect and you're wonderful, it's really hard to believe that. It's really hard to understand what we mean when we say that. And God isn't saying, hey, you are perfect. You're complete. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, you're, you're the most perfect being in the world and I've made you you're like clean completely. Listen, he has done that, but he sees your imperfections as well and he loves you through them. You know, I am full of imperfections. I'm full of mistakes and I'm full of stuff and I need Jesus' grace every day. And his grace is his forgiveness for those things that I do wrong daily. His grace is good for me. So I just want to take a moment and say this about the whole mental health thing, if I can do that. Leon and Alison reminded us of this amazing word a few weeks ago, which was shalom. Shalom really is well-being. It's God's idea of well-being. And we were reminded how it's translated into this term. It's peace in every area of our lives. And we know how tough it is for people to view themselves in this manner. And it has had a massive effect upon our mental well-being and our peace in this season. But I really want you to know that this, that God sees you through all that stuff. And he sees you as valuable and priceless and worth paying a price for. So God is offering us his shalom today. And some of these guys who are getting baptised have heard this and have accepted it. And we know this, that you're priceless, because in Isaiah 43, 4, which is a book in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, it says this, you are priceless to me, and I love you, and I honour you, so I will trade other people for you, and I will give up other nations to save your lives. You are priceless to me. That is God speaking to you. He sees you as the most precious and beautiful piece of artwork. And he's saying you're the most priceless piece of artwork that can ever be produced. You know, you are so unique. As a, a father of twins, I know what it means to have unique people in my life. You see, my boys, they look very alike. And often people say, are they identical? And they're actually not. But they're so very different. And we knew that from the moment they were conceived. Inside Bridget's tummy, when one would hear worship music, they would kick and the other one wouldn't. But when one would hear prayer, that one would kick and the other one wouldn't. You see, they were very unique and different, yet they are both priceless in God's eyes because he has made them uniquely brilliant and he's made you uniquely brilliant as well. So how does this all compare and why are we talking about this at a baptism service? Well, 
You see, like a piece of expensive art, you can choose to have that piece of art and put it in your office at home and put it on your wall and it inspires you for a, for a while. And you say, this is brilliant and it's just for you. But after a few days, you kind of walk by and you go, oh, that's good, yeah, it's nice. A few weeks go by and you go, it's okay. A few months go by, it starts getting dusty and you kind of go, yeah, yeah, it's nice, it's a nice memory. A few years go by and it's, you, you kind of ignore it. You don't even realise the painting is there anymore. And you know, it's not inspiring anybody else. It's not, it's not inspiring you anymore. But with these priceless pieces of artwork, when they're sold into private collection, often a deal is done with that purchaser, that they have to put it back into a public museum. Why do they do that? They do that to inspire the next generation. They do that to remind the current generation. And they do that to remind previous generations of the beauty of the art, artist and the art that is produced. And here's the thing, as we are Christians and we realise our true value in Jesus, when we realise what we're truly worth, and when we realise we're his priceless pieces of artwork, then we have a choice. Do we keep that to ourselves and our own households, or do we put it on display to inspire those around us, to keep reminding others of the beauty of who we are through Jesus. Uh, there's a verse in Matthew uh, 5.14 which says this, You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What do I want you to, to know and what do I want you to take away today is this. First of all, you are priceless. You are priceless. I have had the privilege of going to some of the most amazing places in the world. A few years ago, me and my wife went to Rome and we went to the Vatican City. And when you go around the Vatican City, there's all these amazing pieces of artwork. But let me tell you, not one of them has, uh, are completely perfect. But they're all priceless and there's imperfections in every single one of those pieces of artwork. Whether they're a statue or a painting, there is imperfections within it. And so you will have imperfections within you, but you're still priceless. When these guys go through the waters today, they're not coming out as perfect people and that's it. They're walking around and, and they've, they've won, it, won it life. They're coming out and they're realising they're making a choice today to declare that they are priceless. And they want people to see the beauty that God has made them. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you've never made a choice to follow Jesus, if you've never made a choice to make that commitment into Jesus, then you can do that this morning. We're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a moment. Where you can realise your true value in Him, how priceless you are in Him and what, how, he, how He created you, how he, how he sees you as the most beautiful piece of art ever. And secondly, I, I want to talk to some of us who are seasoned Christians, including myself here. Let us not keep our faith in our own homes for ourselves, where it grows dusty and it doesn't inspire anybody, maybe the odd person that comes around. But let us put our artwork, our beauty in the public sphere once more. You know, Christmas is coming and this is an opportunity for us as a church to show the glory of who Jesus is through our outworkings of our lives. It's, it's nothing complicated. It's just being who God created you to be. You don't have to be me and I don't have to be you. 
but you need to know who you are and you are priceless in Jesus. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to invite these guys up on stage. So if you want to make that step this morning, if you want to become a Christian this morning, if you want to say, I I want to find out what it means to be priceless, then I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's going to embarrass you this morning. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and you can pray that prayer after me. And then if you've made that commitment, if you made that choice this morning, what I would encourage you to do after the service, go out through those double doors and speak to somebody on our connect point and take the next steps with us. There's a next steps card. Someone will help you along that way and on that journey. So let me just pray. Father, Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. That Jesus, you saw me as so expensive and so priceless that you were willing to give up everything for me. That you traded your life for me. And God, I I ask that you help me turn my life around. That I would turn away from my old way of doing things and look to the new way of doing things in you, Jesus. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and my Saviour. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to me this morning. I'm going to invite uh, the guys who are getting baptised up. And, and as I do, what I would love you to do is to give them the biggest round of applause because this is a day of celebration. This is a day of party. And these guys have discovered their value. And they're being brave today and they're putting it in the public sphere, very public sphere. And so would you encourage them as they come up? So I'm going to invite Kieran, Sophie and Adam up onto the stage. Come on, give them a big round of applause. And... uh, Yeah, come on, keep clapping for these guys. Come on. Yes, it's good. Uh, In a moment, Leon's going to lead us through some liturgical stuff, some some stuff that's like theological, but we're going to hear from these two guys. So so Sophie, do you want to give us your story first or is it Kieran that wants to go first? Kieran's going to go first. Come on, Kieran, come on. I've always said I don't believe in God. When I was at my lowest, I prayed hoping he would answer my prayers, and he did. When I was homeless, I prayed for a warm bed for the night, and he provided. When I was hungry and I had no money, he provided. When I was alone and lost, he also provided. During lockdown, I was at one of my lowest points with no furlough and surviving on universal credit. I decided to seek God and was inspired by my friend Hannah. She is one of the strongest, positive, and happiest people I know, and that's all thanks to her faith in God. Wow. As I started to believe, I had a dream that felt so real. I could feel the warm air and smell the sea. I was on a beach and I was walking along with Jesus. And he asked me about my faith. And he then told me that everything I'd been through had been for a reason. It had been to guide me to Hannah so that when I was ready, I would seek him. And now I'm ready to continue this journey. I woke in tears and shaking and I felt shocked, but also happiness and relief. And that I've continued to do so ever since. Thanks to my faith, I feel happier and more positive in my life and with my future with my partner. God has helped me in so many ways and continues to do so. And for that, I thank him. It's amazing.
Well done. Come on, Sophie. Go on, Sophie. Before I met Jesus, I was lost. After unexpectedly losing my dad at the age of nine years old, I felt a void in my life. I described my loss like my heart was a jigsaw puzzle and I felt like there was a missing piece to complete that puzzle to my heart that would fulfill me. After, <clears throat> after my dad's death, it felt like everything around me was falling apart at home. Um, I was surrounded by uh, depression um, through family. Um, there's been a drug addiction in my family uh, that I've had to deal with, um, anxiety. Um, yeah, so yeah, everything just felt like it was all falling apart. Um, I found, I found myself, where am I? I found myself chasing around after love and attention from guys, always in and out of relationships. I would always want to go out clubbing and drinking, not realizing that this was a part of my grieving process. Basically, I was lost until one day I met an amazing young Christian woman called Dawn, who gently introduced me to God as I started asking questions from being there when, when Dawn and her friends would be talking about God. On that evening, myself, Dawn and her friends watched The Prince of Egypt, which sparked an interest inside of me. Since that day, I have prayed a few times, giving my life to Jesus after making loads of mistakes. But however, we, but however, we are all human and will make mistakes along the way. As long as we learn from them, repent and move forward. A major part of my life since getting to know who both God and the Son of God are was meeting my partner, Kieran Bassey, who is up on stage with me right now. I definitely believe in God after meeting Kieran, as I know as I know that <clears throat> as I know that God sent him to me, and and the, the fact that Kieran gave his life to Jesus during the lockdown. Kieran and I have been together for for three years now, and are planning on getting married. Mm. One very personal thing I would like to share with everyone is that Kieran and I have been celibate for over one year, and have lived together for two years. I wanted to share this to prove to young Christians out there that it is possible to be celibate, especially if you are in a relationship and, and that when you are, you are able to learn more about your partner on a deeper, on a deeper level, as well as learning self-control, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and most importantly, pleasing to God. <clears throat> I, am, I am so glad that Kieran and I made this decision. Don't get me wrong, it is not easy at all, but it is definitely worth it. By doing this, I have recently decided that I would like to help others who struggle with celibacy. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how yet, I'm not sure how just yet, but I feel as though God has led me to this and that this is a part of God's plan for me. Along the way, God has shown me many signs that he's there for me, like when I was living back in Manchester, looking for, looking for a church, and I happened to have a pastor sit next to me on a coach who spoke to me about God and invited me to attend his church, as well as meeting other Christians along the way. Um, to name a few, um, Helena, who is here in the audience, Zuena and Alicia, who was a big part of my journey um, into finding God. Um, um, so all, all of these Christians that I've met along the way have been a part of my journey with God, and I know that and I know that God purposely used them as his vessels and placed them on my path towards him. My life has gotten so much better since getting to know Jesus, and right now it is finally time for me to get baptised. Thank you, thank you so much, Life Central Church, for welcoming me into God's house with open arms, and I would like to say that since that, since that day that my friend and sister in Christ... 
Dawn introduced me to God. I have attended a few churches trying to find the right church for me. Standing up here, I am finally at home at the church God has led me to. My church is Life Central Church. One more important thing, I promise. That missing jigsaw piece I mentioned at the beginning of my story, I have finally found it. It was God all along, my father, my protector, my healer, my rock. God, I look to you for your guidance and will forever keep you where you belong. The missing piece to my heart. I will finally be fulfilled once I have been baptised. Thank you, God. Oh, well done, Sophie. Well done. Well done, Mark. That is brilliant.